Um, so what does that mean? That if it's church, it should always be exciting and never, ever, ever get sleepy? Um, well, that'd be nice. I like that. Um, but um, I'm practical enough to realize that's probably not the case. The whole thing. What about, what is church? Why should I care? And tonight's or today's title is about excitement. Because life can get pedestrian. I mean, it can just, life can get like that, right? Just sort of putting one step in front of the other and just kind of walking around kind of in your sleep or awake but not really paying much attention to what's going on. And life has many opportunities for that. We need some stimuli, some in our lives that would kind of move us on to different places and different ways and, and greater things. That's what I want to talk about with this whole thing of excitement. And you know, one of the things people see, and I've heard this, if, you, if you're new to church, maybe you haven't heard this, but one of the things that happens, uh, many times people will say, you know, I, I, I believe in God and I like church, but I want to just experience church like they did in the first century, the first church. Um, we're, talking, we're talking the church that started 50 days, two months, two, two months or so right after the Lord's resurrection. That was the first church. We're going to look at it in just a moment. It's in Acts chapter 2. That's what, that's what I want. That's the kind of church I want. First century church, people say. We're going to see what that is in just a moment. First thing I want to do, though, just very almost, uh, almost church 101 stuff, I want to just give you the definition. What is church? What is it? I want, you, I want to jump right into that and, and above everything else. You know, Dallas, well, I, I put a quote in the, uh, if you don't get this week at Renaissance, go to our website. You can see how to, <clears throat> how to subscribe excuse me, how to subscribe to it, uh, real easy, as our weekly email. And as I have said before, I'll tell you, it's worth it just for my quote, okay? Um, I work hard finding you great quotes every week. And the one that's on there this week is, uh, that sounded a little self. Well, it is, but it's good. Anyway, um, they're not mine. I just, I just look for them, all right? Um, the one I had on there this week is from Dallas Willard. The greatest challenge the church faces today the greatest challenge the church faces today is to be authentic disciples of Christ. I like that. And I agree with that. That is the greatest challenge. To be authentic, key phrase there, authentic disciples of Christ. And not something else. So what is church? Let me just give you a little, a little background on that from an from a, uh, academic standpoint. The English word church is related to the Scottish word kirk and the German designation, Kirch. And all of these, and I, we have a, a, a person this morning here who's from Germany, and I'm probably not saying that the right way, but I hope she'll forgive me. Um, Kirch, and all these terms are derived from the Greek word, kurikon, or kuriakon, the neuter adjective of kurios, meaning Lord, meaning belonging to the Lord. The English word church also translates the Greek word ekklesia, which derived from ek, meaning out of, and kaleo, which means to call. Hence, the church is a called-out group. That's what church is, a called-out group. Called out of what? Called out of the world. We have crossed over the line of faith, become followers of Christ. Somewhere on that, it's a big, long spectrum, and we're all in different places on that, on that journey of, of faith. But those who, are, those who are called out of that, have, and, and you know what? The thing is, you say, well, I don't know that I've done that. I'm coming to church, but I'm not sure I've done Well, this is still for you, and you need to see that and understand that. Um, and, then, and then you go into things, so that's church, and what, what we need to understand about church is there's such a thing as, I, I use this term, and it's not, I don't know, it's kind of trite, but it's a, 
certainly not the first or last trite thing I will say. Um, uh, there's the big C and the little C. Okay? Big church, little church. What's the big church? Let me define it because we, I refer to that in a lot of different ways, referring to a lot of different things. Basically, the big C is the church universal. And that, that's, that's beyond denominations. That's beyond time. That's over time. That's, we're all part of this thing. If we're a follower of Christ, this thing called church. And uh, that's the church universal. And they might be Baptist, and they might be Catholic, and they might be Presbyterian, and they might be, you know, you go through the whole thing, okay? It's still church. And that's, that's the deal here, okay? Now, the little C is, that's what we all, we're, a little, we're just a local church, okay? Some local churches are a few hundred, like we are. Some local churches are a few thousand. Willow Creek in Chicago, where we do conference, go to conferences sometimes, they're like, what, 20,000, okay? A little different feel for a local church, but it's still a local church. And they do a lot of things to, to offset the bigness of their, of their numbers and so forth, which you have to try to do, even when you're just a few hundred like we are. We try to do some other things as well. So that's, that's here. Now, let me give you my sort of, don't take this to any theological institution because it's not gonna, they'll, they'll crucify me for this, if not literally, figuratively. But just give you my little working definition of what church is, and I think it might help. It's a gathering of people committed to either explore or experiencing their faith in God through Christ. It's a gathering of people committed to either exploring or experiencing their faith in God through Christ. And it's a, hopefully it's a group, it's a community of friends who care about each other. That's part of the deal too. And hopefully, I mean, that's not something I hope you have to, you know, institutionalize. I would hope that just comes natural. So you get to know people, you find out their weaknesses, you find out their strengths, and you care about one another and their families and so forth and so on. So that's kind of a rough outline as to what, what church is. Now, what I want to do now is go back to Tim, uh, excuse me, uh, Acts, um, Paul's writing. Um, and uh, he's writing, actually Luke wrote Acts, but uh, it has to do with some of the, what's happening with Paul, with, excuse me, with Peter, later on Paul. And this is the first century church. This is, this is the early church. So the next time you hear somebody say, and usually you see this, you hear this sometimes in church circles, I want to go back to the early church. That's what I want, just the first century church. Here's what they had. Acts chapter 2, Peter said, Peter, changed, Peter says, change your life. Verse 38 there, turn to God and be baptized for each of you in the name of Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over, get out while you can, get out of this sick and stupid culture. Don't you love Peter? I just love, you know, and I, I stood on these steps, by the way, where he's preaching, where we believe he was preaching this sermon. I stood on those steps and I started talking, but nobody listened, but that was okay. I mean, I just, just, I mean, I just wanted to stand there and, you know, see, see what, what Peter experienced, imagining several thousand people that he was talking to. We know that at the time. So um, that's kind of cool. He says, get out of this sick and stupid culture. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized, and were signed up. That's the uh, translator's words for me, and they just, they stepped over the line of faith. And they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, some say that might be communion, and the prayers. Everyone around, watch this, everyone around was in awe. Everyone around was excited, some Bibles say. 
All, all those wonders and signs done through the apostles. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm taking a lot of just my whole theme of excitement. Right, right there. Not the only place that's in the Bible, but it's one of the places. You say, what is that? What were they excited about? Was it because they were seeing supernatural? And here's what they were excited about. They were excited about lives being changed by God. Old, nasty, destructive habits falling by the wayside. And people learning how to love in a new way. Learning how to care. Learning how to value people. They were excited about that. Okay? And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. Got a problem here, don't we? They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. What do we call that? I heard it. I think I heard it. Communism? Socialism. Let's have a political discussion. Um, Some would call it communism. Some say more accurately would be described as socialism. Is therefore the Bible teaching socialism? Please never go to the Bible. Is that proper English? I don't know. Never go to the Bible without an understanding. And that's not hard to get. You don't don't have to have a degree in this. Um, I'm thankful for mine, but you don't have to have a degree in this. There's lots of tools out. Um, books and so forth. But please, never go to the Bible without some understanding of what's going on, the context. And and some understanding of what's going on historically. Um, And there's a lot of places you can do that. If you ever need some help with that, let me know. Email me. I'll be happy to recommend some very basic uh, get-started type commentaries that will really help you that still have depth to them. Um, But but here's what's going on. There's, There's lots of poverty going on at this particular time. A lot of people, I mean, homeless isn't even a term because so many people are. And uh, there's just lots of stuff going on. And, and basically, they're saying, look, we've got a lot of needs here. Let's just do what we have to do to help each other. It's not giving us a formula or a prescription. This is how church is supposed to be. This was what they needed at that particular time. Here's the principle behind it. The principle behind it is, and we're going to hear this again next week, they shared. They shared what they had. You know? And that could be a lot of different things. I'm not going to take next week's. I don't want to steal next week's thunder here, but uh, that's a lot of different things. And it might surprise you, some of the things they shared. It wasn't just money. It was that, but it wasn't just that. So get back to that text there. Let's finish up. Verse 46, they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful. As they praised God, people in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who came to know Christ, or those who were saved is the term that he uses here. Um, There you go. That's the first century church. A lot of things going on, but here's what they had that we can have and that everybody can have throughout generations upon generations, and that is they were excited about what was going on. And church, this this is where, I mean, truthfully, this should not be a revolutionary concept, folks. Church should be a great facilitator toward excitement in my life and in your life. And not just because we break, I mean, if we, as is the case here oftentimes, not because we have a record attendance every Sunday, maybe not be, may not be the case this Sunday, but I mean, am I excited about that? Do, are there people who are excited about that? Yeah, we're always excited about more people coming, certainly. But not, not, that's not necessarily the idea. It's not about, just about numbers. Because then there are some times when you go through some phases where you don't have those numbers. Are you not, are you not excited then? Well, and that's when you need to deal with that. Some people, some people do kind of get down about that, but you shouldn't. So let me just jump into this. Here's what I want to do. I want to go through a whole list. And I, and I, I don't have this for you. It doesn't, this, this is a very small list, uh, a 
you don't need it on PowerPoint. And I'd been working on it and scratching things off and putting things on, so I just wanted to sort of a living document type of thing. What church is and what it is not, okay? That we need to talk about because there's just a lot of, there's a lot of apocrypha out there, what people think church should be or what it is, and that just needs to be corrected, okay? And uh, we're just going to go from the scriptures and what the Bible says in this whole series, and we've already seen from Acts 2 what church is here in this particular case and this particular time in history and, and the principles that translate to us today and how they translate and correlate to us today. But let's start with what's not. What's not? What church is not? Church is not a building. No, it's an opera house. <laughs> in our case. In some cases, in some churches, it's a school. We did that. Some people have a, a community center. Some people have their own facility. One of the cool things about being in an opera house is I never have to, I rarely have to argue. Now, and don't, if you do this, don't, I'm not, don't get hung up on the semantics, but we, we rarely say, because we have an office building and, and where I am most, most of us are during the week over in Milburn, um, about, I think, uh, whatever it is, 6.1 miles from here, and uh, where our office building is. And, and so usually somebody will say, are you going to be at, at the office or are you going to be at the opera house? Which is a real small thing, but it, to me it's like nobody gets confused. Ch- Renaissance Church, this is, our, this is our facility. It's an opera house, but it's an opera house. And, and people don't get those two things mixed up sometimes. I kind of like that. It's kind of a different way of doing things, and, and I like that a lot. Uh, it's kind of cool. Now, again, I'm not going to beat you up if you call, hey, I went, I'm coming to church. You know, or I went by the church over there in Summit. You know, I'm not going to beat you up for that. But it's not a building, okay? And uh, we're thankful for buildings and we're grateful for this place, but it's not a building. It's, it's much more than that. It's people. Uh, what it's not, it's not some, some rote, memorized thingamajig type of deal. It's not some always an emotional high. Sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes you walk out of here feeling great. Sometimes... Maybe you're not feeling so great for different reasons. That's okay. Uh, it's not a show. You say, well, Rich, <laughs> it's not a show. Um, let me just say this about that. I don't, I don't need to apologize for anything, so if this comes across as an apology, it's not. Um, I have been, and maybe you have too, to churches where they weren't, conducted in a, not that they were not good people or didn't or loved God any less, but it wasn't conducted in a manner that would had a level of professionalism from the platform. Now, sometimes I do that, but that's because I'm the pastor and I'm crazy and I do some crazy things. But I'm talking about music and, and things like that. And I don't know if you've ever, when I can tell that the music's a little off key, it's really, really bad, okay? And I'll tell you something about that. They may be worshiping with all, every fiber of their being to God. But if I'm sitting there listening, to that, I'm having a real hard time thinking about God or just thinking about how bad that really is up there, you know. My point is this. Um, just because you do things with a standard of excellence doesn't mean it has to be a show. It can still be worship. And sometimes people say in our kinds of churches, um, and I, haven't, I really haven't heard this much from anybody here, but in our kinds of churches, people will say, well, they're just entertaining. And I, th- and, I say, and I say, you know, that's kind of a judgment. You don't know what's going on in the hearts of the people who are playing or the people who are singing. Uh, they're, they're worshiping. I, I, I know all these people here, and, and they care about what they're doing. They, and we're, we're, they're all in different spectrums of, of the faith thing. And we've had some band guys in, who, who've, who've really come to know Christ 
uh, just through their, through their involvement in, in Renaissance and so forth because they initially came because they thought, well, I, I like church and I like God and I, I'd like to play, you know? And so, so be careful when you start talking about any church. Well, it's just a show or, or this person's that or this person's that. And we're talking a little bit about that with our Chapter 2 thing coming up, which I'll tell you more about in a moment uh, later on. But um, uh, so is church a show? No, it's not a show. Is it entertainment? No, it's not entertainment. But I hope it's not boring and I hope it's done well. Steve Young, our creative arts director, has this thing he does sometimes, which I think is kind of cool. He talks about, you know, there was an era in history when the church led the way with the arts. They didn't take, they weren't second class. They led the way, and certainly that was the case during the Renaissance, thus the name, Renaissance Church. Um, but, you know, and that's the truth, and it should be. We shouldn't apologize for, for our, our musicians and, that, well, they, they love God. You know, they can't play a guitar, but they, you know, it, it, there should be a degree of excellence. Depends on where you are as to how, how, what that standard is. So we work very hard at keeping things in a, on a, on a, on a, on a professional level in that regard. Okay, so we talk about that. It's not a show. No, it's still a worship. It's still a worship time. It's not a thing we do to church. It's not a thing we do to get over with and check it off. Okay, okay. This weekend, let's see. We got kids games. Ah, uh, yeah, got to get church. Check that off. That's not the purpose. You know, don't don't bother. Okay, I mean, that's not going to make God any happier with you. I can assure you. I might be a little happier with you if you come, but that's a different deal. You're not at it. You're not, it's not about me. It's about God. Um, it's not a denomination. It's not a denomination. And so many times people, you know, one of the challenges that we have here, let me just say this, and I, and I just touch on this a moment because this is an issue. Um, to, to this, as, as recently as this week, Somebody said to me, so you're a pastor of so-and-so. And I said, yeah. And, and uh, they, they said, well, now, what kind of church is that? And I said, non-denominational. Always, what kind of church is that? You always get that. Non-denominational church. Really? What's that? And, uh, and it's really, truthfully, if you're from other parts of the country, you may know this. If you're anywhere in the Midwest or the Southeast or the West Coast, um, Colorado, where we spend a lot of time, uh, this, this thing of a non-denominational church isn't as much of a parent phenomenon as it is here in the Northeast, where if something started after 1600, it's suspect, you know, um, which, is, which is, there's a lot of truth to that. And, and people think, well, you know, and then people say, well, is it a cult? That's the thing you all, yeah, yeah. and I swear, if, if one more person asks me that, I can't hit a three iron, but I can hit them with a three iron. And, 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 and I, I, I mean, I just, I hate that. I just, well, is it a cult? Well, first of all, if it was, would I say, oh, yeah, we're a cult, man. Yeah, yeah, come on, join us. Yeah. I'm going to say that. I mean, that's that's so such a anyway. I apologize. I get a little 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 fired up on this one. Um, and here's the other thing. What if Charles and, and, and John Wesley, eighteen mid 1800s? They're in they're in Georgia. That's where they first came from. England. Things aren't great between America and England mid 1800s. In case you didn't know. All right. So here they come over and they're starting this. They're starting this new church. It's called the Methodist. Okay, because they followed a certain method. And I'm sure some jerk probably down in South Georgia probably said, hey. We're going to start a new church. What's that all about? Methodist. Never heard of it. Is it a cult? You know, I'm, I'm sure they went through that with the I'm sure the I'm sure they did that with the Presbyterians. The point is this. Just because it's a different group doesn't mean that it's a cult. And you need to understand that. Every church in 400, 400 A.D. You don't need, you don't need a lesson in church history, but 400 A.D. I'm sure some other... Some other Macedonian guy walking down the road and somebody said, yeah, we're, we're kind of doing our own thing here. We're kind of following the bishop of Rome. It's going to be the Roman church. Oh, the Roman Catholic church. Well, that sounds like a cult. Sorry, I can't be right, you know. 
That's when the Catholic Church started. That's, that's, so my point is this. Any church, whenever it started, probably was looked at suspiciously as some kind of a cult. That doesn't mean they are, and certainly were not either. And you need to understand that the church is not a denomination. In this particular church, one of the cool things I love about Renaissance, there's a lot of things I love about it. I could go through, I could go through all the Baptists, all the Presbyterians, all the Methodists, all the Church of Christ, the Disciples of Christ, the Quakers, the... I could go through the whole thing, and I would, pro- I would almost guarantee, I would almost guarantee that we have at least one person between our two services uh, on any given Sunday that has been to one of those kind of denominational churches at some time in their life. And I like that. Okay, and, and some people are st- still would say, I'm a Catholic, and I go to Renaissance. You know what, I don't really care as long as you come to Renaissance. <laughs> uh, or I'm this, but I mean, you need to think through that. You need to think through that. Because I would hope you wouldn't say, I'm a Catholic or I'm a Renaissance church. I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. And I, and I do go to this church in the Summit Opera House. It's got some kind of a, you know, great music and a whack job pastor. Um, don't say that. But anyway, um, so it's not a denomination. What it is. It's a place to learn more about God, the Bible, and Jesus. That's what it is. That's what we're here for. Learn about God, about Jesus, about the Bible. It's all I've ever really cared about. You know that? Just teaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. I just committed my life to it a number of years ago, studied and went back to school, and that's all I wanted to do, just teach the Bible. I just love the principles that are here because I've, it's, it's, it's a God thing how God uses his principles to change lives. And it's just such common sense. You know, don't hate. Don't have unresolved conflicts. You know, it's just, it's so practical. And I get so angry when people tell me the Bible's boring. The Bible's not boring. Ministers are boring. I've been boring. Churches are boring. I've conducted services that were boring. The Bible is not boring. And I try hard to make sure it, never gets that way. And, and church should never be that way. We all fail at times, certainly. It's a place to learn about God, about Jesus, about the Bible. It's a, it's a place that's fun. It's my second thing, all right? God, fun, okay? Now, you can, you can put that in different ways, and you can say that in different ways and use different words, but, but that's one of the comments, you know, that you need to understand. This is church. Sometimes people will say, well, we, you know, we go to Renaissance for fun and for enjoyment and for, we get some spiritual food there, but we still go to our church somewhere else just to kind of, because we got to do that. Well, first of all, let me just say, I don't care if you want to do that. I really don't. No turf wars going on here. And I know, I know that we have several people who do that. And in some cases, they're, they're, they're making a, a break. In some cases, it's going to be a, you know, whatever. That's, they can deal with that between them and God and their family. But what I, what I want you to understand is this counts just as much as church as any other church. Just because it's fun and exciting, at times we try, sometimes we're not always, but just because it's fun and exciting doesn't mean it doesn't count. Somebody, Henry, Henry, our, who you met, our student ministry, most of, all of you know, student ministry director who also greets downstairs, um, somebody came up to him one time uh, on a Sunday morning. And I, and I, I think I know, I'm not going to say, I think I know what denomination they were, but I'm not positive. And they said, well, you know, we, we were going to come visit this church, but does it count? And, of course, Henry, being, being a brilliant young man that I have totally brainwashed, said, said he, he was, I have not, he, he, on his own, he said, oh, this counts more than any other church. You need to be here. 
you know, which was a which which was a great line, you know. But I mean, seriously, people sometimes are are conditioned to think that way. Does this count, or can I go to Renaissance for fun and then I'll go to my other thing and you know, take a nap or whatever whatever it is that I have to, you know? If you want to do that, fine, but you don't have to do that. I want you to know this counts too. This is church. That's a place to be encouraged. We're going to talk more about that in one of my future talks in this series. Uh, it's a place to learn. It's a place to help. It's a place to bond. Meet people. It's a great place to meet people. There's some great people here. You're not going to meet, you know, I mean, you know what, what psychology says we're going to have, I, I, I've read different numbers, we're going to have like, the most we'll ever have are like five or eight close, close friends in our whole life. And I don't know if I totally agree with that, but you know, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're, you just have more people to choose from as we grow. Isn't that great? More people you can be close to. It's a great place. A great place to meet people. It's a great place to meet. I met my wife in church. Can you believe that? Met my wife in church. Little do we know, we'd be in church the rest of our freaking lives. But <laughs> I, was a, I was a disc jockey, a country music disc jockey at the time. And... Um, <clears throat> I had to do that to get to rock and roll. You understand that? Just so you don't hold that against me, okay? Um, um, I didn't go to church because it was... I went to church because I heard some babe was there that I wanted to meet. That's, that's the gospel truth before God. That's why I went, you know? And she's still a babe, but uh, for me. Uh, it, but it's a great place to meet people. It's a great place to meet people. And... You know, sometimes you have, we don't really have a singles group. We have sort of an unencumbered group. We may have a singles group sometime. And sometimes you get into problems with those because sometimes they become a meat market. And you don't want that. Still, you know, you don't want, you know, just, you know, e-harmony renaissance or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's a great place to meet people. Hopefully that's not the only reason people would go to those kinds of things. You know, and um, I've heard some... some we were married young, so we've escaped some of those war stories of some of those things that people have dealt with over the years in churches about that. Uh, it's a place to be contemplative. We don't do a lot of that, but it's a good thing to do. We have limitations on our just, if we try to be contemplative here and, and be, have real quiet service, we, we do it sometimes in Christmas Eve, sometimes we did it Good Friday, try to do it when we can. Our, because of this particular facility, we've got you know, kids banging against the wall and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, it, 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 it's not the same as if you can just sort of have a, a sanctuary totally separated, which is great if you can do that logistically. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't practice being contemplative where you can and how you can, whether it be in your home or uh, go somewhere, a monastery or, 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 or the woods or whatever, where you can just be contemplative. That, that's, that's church too. Um, it's, it's a place to be challenged. We need to be challenged. It's a place to, be, to explore. And it's a place to be uplifted. Uplifted. And that's my word, exciting. Okay? Energized. Let me, give you the, let me give you the definition why I'm using the word excitement. And, and let me give you the, uh, the online uh, Merriam-Webster online dictionary definition. Excite, it's to call to activity, to rouse to an emotional response, to arouse, energize, to increase the activity of as a living organism. That's what church is. It's an organism, a living, a living thing. Stimulate, to raise to a higher energy level. That's what it is. Now, and here's what I want you to see on this thing, and I want you to listen to this very closely and even read the statement as I say it. Church can and should offer the grounding and the stimuli to keep life from being mundane through teaching, inspiration, and friendship. 
all blanketed in the God factor. What's the God factor? A relationship with God through Jesus. That's, that's, that's what it can and should be. That's not theological. That's just very practical. And that's the issue here. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think... Let me, let, me, let me show you this. Let me just show you this is in our core values, and I like the way this is worded. We believe that life is to be an exciting adventure, lived in cooperation with God. Thus, we seek a personal, dynamic, and transformational experience of full devotion to Christ. Okay, where does that get to be exciting? Let me tell you something. Okay, let me bore you this. One more, one more. Do I tell too many golf stories? You don't think so? Okay. Jeff says it's okay, so I can do it. Jeff's a golfer. <laughs> I know who to ask. Uh, I'm excited about this right now. Okay, I got something going on in my life right now. What's going on in my life right now? I got a couple of really good golfers working with me, and they're changing my whole golf swing. Get a little more, they get mad at me because I don't always do it, but, but I'm changing my whole golf swing. Got a whole shoulder, they, you don't care. But anyway, um, it's really helping. Well, it helps sometimes, but it's going to help a lot. I'm, I'm excited because I'm getting better. I'm, I'm, it's not, I'm not seeing the, the result of that just yet, but I'm getting better. I'm excited about that. Now, you say, well, I don't play golf. I don't play tennis. Steve gets excited. He comes in. He has his lessons on Monday, and he comes, ah, I learned how to hit the ball with three different kinds of side spin and a back spin and a top spin all at the same time, which is kind of weird. But anyway, um, you you get excited. You learn these new things to become a better golfer or tennis player or or whatever you do, okay? Whatever that is, better runner, jogger, whatever. Now, let's just take that to a different level. When we see life changes, and we see some things happening where we are becoming a better human being because of God working in our lives, that is darn exciting. And the church is to be a facilitator of that, to be able to look at some of that bitterness that I've had harbored there for years and years and years, and then, and then maybe somebody sings or somebody says something from the Bible or from our, from our words that just maybe maybe arouses that in your conscience. Yeah, I do have that going on with me. That needs to change. And you get excited about that. You get excited about the fact that I I, I can be a little less critical. I can be a little less judgmental. I can be a little less hateful. I can be a little less of a grudge holder. I can be a little less of of a temper tantrum drama queen or king. How did, you, how did you ladies get that term, drama queen? I know, I've known a lot of drama kings in my life too, haven't you? I don't think that, that's, that's a, kind of a sexist term that uh, hasn't been too fair. I think we've all been drama kings or queens in our lives at times. And when you see a little less of that taking place, you're like, wow, I didn't pop off this time. This is great. It's not going to happen every time. I'm still a fallen person living in a fallen world. And I got some of that residue hanging around. It's still there. But when I see some of those even tiny changes take place, that's exciting. Wow. This is good. The church is to be a facilitator of that. And that's the issue here. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about that and you start realizing, wow, I can really have more love, more care, more value of people more of an understanding heart and mind. But I want to tell you something. That's a God thing. Only God can change some of those 
hardcore destructive habits. Only God can do that. That's why it comes down to a relationship with him. That's why the church, there'll be some other things, but the church of all places needs to facilitate that.